0: Welcome to the Send and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Louis Nichols. In my day job at Sparkloop, I spend all my time helping the best newsletter operators and media brands in the world to grow their audiences. So I get to see firsthand what growth tactics, strategies, and channels actually work, which ones you should copy and what mistakes you should avoid. And now with this podcast, you get that access too. Every week, I sit down with a different guest from industry experts to successful operators, and we go deep on the stuff that you need to know so you can become really effective at growing and monetizing your email audience. Today I'm joined on the podcast by John Elder. John's CV is super impressive. He built and led a top 3000 seller on Amazon to a seven-figure exit, and then he turned around and started his own newsletter, Amazon Insiders, to help other Amazon sellers do exactly the same thing. A little over a year later, and his newsletter has over 10,000 subscribers, a huge number in such a small niche. John, it is awesome to have you here with us today. Can you kick things off with the details of your newsletter in your own words?
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, my, my name is John Elder and I started Amazon Insiders about a year and a half ago. And it really sprouted out from this idea of finding a new niche that really was related to a passion of mine. So my background is selling on Amazon and did really well with it and exited my business in 2019 and pivoted over to consulting and then consulting led into the newsletter. And so the whole purpose of Amazon Insiders is really to provide Amazon sellers, um, you know, most of the time these are like private label sellers, so they're selling their own brand. And the whole goal is to provide really good, valuable information for people to grow their business faster. So within a short time span, it's grown to be the fastest, it's the fastest growing newsletter for Amazon sellers. So Most of the time you'll have agencies and software providers have newsletters, but it's all focused on their uh, on their service. And so with mine, it's a really more of a community based newsletter. And so that's what's made it so popular. I actually just hit 10,000. I think it was yesterday. So that was a huge milestone. (laughs) So the goal is 100,000 and, you know, capturing 1% of all Amazon sellers. So it's pretty ambitious, but it's really turning into a really awesome tool, not only for me, just to get my name out there for what I do with consulting. Cause I, you know, I, I, obviously use it to pitch people for consulting services, but the, really the goal is, is to help people from a genuine, authentic way, because the Amazon space is really notorious for scammers. And so if I can help people sell the correct way, you know, follow the rules on Amazon, make sure that you're not doing something that's going to get your account suspended. That's, that's a great resource
0: to have. Got it. Awesome. Congratulations on hitting the the 10k mark. Joining the the one and a bit comma club. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was tough. It felt like molasses. You know, I, people are always like, wow, that's so that's so crazy. But you know, it's day by day trying to tweak things, working on content, all of that stuff takes time, and it was a lot of work to get to that point.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's a small sporting arena, right? That's like a, a Texas high school football field size crowd. Right, yeah, ten thousand. Yeah, That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. an impressive thing if you if you visualize them. I, I like to do that. So let's let's start with I think a little bit more context on the the audience because it is super niche and I imagine most people wow. listening to this from the newsletter space they, they probably won't have a lot of context. So help us to visualize this. Firstly, how often are you sending the newsletter and what can a, a typical subscriber, the kind of subscriber you're, you're writing this for, what exactly are they actually getting out of the newsletter? Is it like advice? Is it news, entertainment? W- what are they getting out of it?
1: Yeah. So my, my writing style is very, I don't want to say in your face, but it's very, very blunt. So, you know, I use spicy language. I don't swear or anything, but I really like to get to the point of like, what really matters? Like what, what actually affects your business? Like what tips actually work, you know, so I, my goal of the newsletter is to make sure that I'm not writing a bunch of fluff. I don't use any AI for my content. So it's, it's very personal content and you know, it's really written for someone who is looking at selling on Amazon all the way up to big sellers. So I have on my, on my landing page, I have people from Simple Modern and Hexclad who read it. And those are, those are eight figure brands, but, but I also have You know, people who are just starting out on Amazon, or maybe they just hit their first seven figures on Amazon. And really, the goal is a weekly basis. That issue goes out on on Tuesday. And the whole purpose of it is to provide one actionable hack per week. And I use hack kind of broadly. It might be a, a strategy. Like right now, I'm writing one about tips on how to not burn out with your Amazon business. And it could be something about a branding strategy. There's so much that goes into the Amazon space, and it's only getting bigger. People are really hungry for actionable advice they can they can place into their business. And so it, it's a um, you know weekly hack that directly impacts your business. I also have a new section, so on a weekly basis, Amazon's a really like fast it's a fast paced environment. So every single week there is some news related to Amazon that you as a seller need to know. And so I include one news story and I basically I rewrite that story in my own voice because what I'm trying to do is help sellers understand how that news impacts their business. So maybe it's a uh, it's a new module on the platform that helps them understand the the customer insights. You know, whatever that is, I try to be as detailed as I can with that. So it's very value packed really focused on i'd say the range is you know one million a year to eight figures is kind of the range of of consumer for the newsletter
0: got it okay awesome and i want to dig a little bit into sort of the origin story and how you've been been growing the newsletter up to now but before we do that can you talk a little bit about the the monetization Mm -hmm. of the newsletter do you have direct revenue streams indirect where does it sort of fit into like the business side of things
1: yeah. So I, I do soft pitches. So at the very end of my newsletter, you know, I have two, I, it's a little section I call, you know, two ways I can help out. But basically what that is, is, you know, I'm offering my one-to-one VIP consulting services, and then I'm also offering sponsorships. So sponsorships play a role into the newsletter. I have a section called solutions worth checking out. And really those are trusted tools that I promote. And those are partnerships with those software providers. And typically there's a special deal for, for my following. So if you're on the newsletter list, you'll get a unique discount that you can't find anywhere else. So, you know, sponsorships are involved, some affiliate marketing is involved as well. Those are kind of the, the, the basics of how I monetize it.
0: Got it. Okay. And can you share any sort of revenue numbers on, on that?
1: I don't know the exact number, but I, it's probably going to hit right around hundred K and that's, that's a huge leap from last year. So last year was a lot of just growth and getting the word out. And now it's about consistent monthly income and growing that, you know, I, my goal with it is to, is for this to be the number one, you know, resource for Amazon sellers. So it's very ambitious. My, you know, Amazon always, Jeff Bezos always said, you have to think in terms of decades. And so that's what I'm trying to do here is be really patient and think about what it's going to look like in five, 10 years. And so it's it, it will balloon in size over time.
0: <laughs> Got it. Well, I, I want to talk about about that for sure. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the the beginning of the newsletter. You've touched on the origin story a little bit already, but walk me through sort of the process of deciding to do issue number one, Let's start there, and then also from there, where did the the first hundred subscribers come from? So, if that's sort of like a related story, let's do both. Otherwise, let's t- let's tackle issue one first, and then jump into the, the first.
1: Episode. Yeah, no, that's that's actually that's an easy one. So, you know, issue one, it was you know, it was it was an Amazon hack. I don't remember the exact topic, but very similar to what I do now. The very first group of people were I was just sharing with my contact list with consulting. So. I, I said, hey, I just launched this newsletter. I've consulted you and hundreds of brands, so you're invited to subscribe. And then after that, I started using Hype Fury on Twitter and, and LinkedIn and reposting my landing page. So that became really cohesive. And that produced a consistent number of signups. Once I got that to be a well-oiled machine, I started doing newsletter swaps. So I targeted about 10 that were really established. Some of them were service providers. So, you know, just think like a marketing agency for Amazon sellers. We just did a swap. And so that worked pretty well. And then the real massive growth has been a spark loop, obviously. So, you know... That started, man, probably about six months ago. But I started working with Upscribe and, and and really placing emphasis on that and being really, really specific on who I want signed up. So I never wanted to have, you know, thousands upon thousands of sellers or subscribers who had no interest in Amazon. So I really wanted to be specific. And, and, and so Upscribe has been huge targeting entrepreneurs and other newsletters that, that have a general interest in that. And so there's a lot of, you know, direct to consumer brands who those brand owners are also interested in Amazon. So there's a lot of overlap in that space. So that's been, that's been just explosive growth.
0: Awesome. So that's, that takes us all the way up to the 10,000. So that's that's a hundred thousand and the 10,000. Yeah. Can we yeah. break it down a little bit more? So the first hundred, am I right in thinking that was essentially, you've been doing consulting, you had this network and the first yeah. hundred basically came from, from that more or less. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Because,
1: because, you know, when I started consulting in, let's see, 2020. So during COVID, that's when I started. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of weird to say that, but that's like during COVID, I'm like, well, let's, let's start this consulting thing. So I have a lot, like hundreds of contacts. So that was a really easy, warm market. The trust was already there. I think that's the most important thing is people are only going to read your newsletter if they trust you. And so, you know, my Amazon experience is pretty, it's pretty clear. And then clients, obviously they've had success working with me. So that was a really easy ask of them to sign up. And then I even asked them to share freely, you know, if if they wouldn't mind sharing on their social media. And so that was kind of the first leap or the first step. And then after that was, it was really just optimizing everything and then moving into newsletter swaps.
0: Got it. Okay. It's really interesting. There's a a clear trend that I've seen across newsletter operators to get those first 100 subscribers, where if you launch the newsletter and you don't know how you're going to get the first 100 subscribers relatively quickly, that's often a sign that you're not necessarily ready to be writing a really good newsletter about that that topic yet, because if you don't know a yeah. hundred ish people who will happily sign up to read what you're writing about it, the chance that you actually do know what you're talking about and have sort of embedded yourself in the, the community well enough is, is very, very low. I mean, yeah, it might definitely. be possible, but in, as a general rule of thumb, I think, yeah, the, su- the success, yeah, no, is, I think that's yeah. a good, it's a good, it definitely makes it harder
1: if you don't have that. So like in the Amazon space, almost every single service provider knows my name. And I know a lot of the CEOs of, of software companies. So the Amazon space is really small. Like if you, if you compare it to other industries, it's, it's not very big. And so that was really nice to have that trust factor involved from day one.
0: Yeah, I think it goes beyond just the, because you could have a newsletter operator, for example, who or you could have an Amazon seller even who is very successful and knows a lot about how to be a good Amazon seller. But if they don't have a large, a largish network and audience of, of Amazon sellers already, they, they may have the the information, the valuable information, maybe in their head, but they won't oh, necessarily sure. like they won't be able to write a good net- newsletter about it necessarily because they won't have spent a lot of time talking to people about what they're struggling with and how to frame it and how to explain it. Right, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's, it's kind of interesting right now, I'm actually the only one doing this. So there are a lot of other newsletters that are more just kind of like, just think, you know, 15 news links Mm -hmm. related to the space and there's no personal touch to it at all. But I think what's going to happen as AI gets stronger and becomes more intelligent, those newsletters are going to be kind of boring to people. You know, it's not going to have that spicy element to it. You know, that personal touch of this is my story. Maybe this is a client story because AI is never going to be able to basically take a, an analysis. You know, I have one that I'm doing with Hexclad and, you know, someday I'm going to meet Gordon Ramsey, but I'm sitting down with the president and doing a, you know, top 10 tips of why they were so successful on Amazon. You know, AI is not going to be able to do that because AI can't inherently have that relationship with the person and can't have that conversation. So that uniqueness, I think people are going to hunger for more over time. And that's that's kind of part of my long-term vision too, is to make it unique and separate that it's not just regurgitated content from AI.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about, about that long-term vision. You said earlier, you want to hit a hundred thousand subscribers. You're at 10K now. What's the the plan to get there?
1: Yeah, that is the 100,000 is the end of the calendar year for 2024. So by Christmas of next year, I should hit that. So the growth has obviously snowballed. So I have the referral program that's set up. I have a pretty unique program for that. So my first, the first person that someone recommends or or signs up, they get my top five hacks directly emailed to them. And then it goes 10 signups. They get a hat. And then 25, it's a hundred dollar gift card for Amazon. So that is going to become more and more popular over time. I'll probably, you know, decrease the numbers to kind of juice it a little bit. And then obviously Upscribe and in partnering with more newsletters over and over again, all the time, you know, naturally as word gets out, as content's produced, especially on Twitter, more and more people are going to be joining X and you know that's going to be something that's going to balloon in size as well. So it's like all of those elements are converging over the next year. And, and I think that the hundred thousand is, is definitely, definitely possible.
0: Awesome. And, and what does that unlock for you? If you, if you achieve that in terms of how does the, the business model of the newsletter change? I mean, get, I guess, firstly, will it still be you doing the writing? Do you expect to have to hire a team? Do you expect to have to do community, for example, different products? Yeah. What are you thinking?
1: I haven't thought that far out. I like to keep things streamlined, honestly. So, whether I have 10,000 or a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, there's probably a lot more back and forth with sponsors at that level than I have now. So that'll change a little bit, but I don't, I don't see myself building out a team for the newsletter. You know, when people you know hire me as a consultant, if they want to come and read the newsletter, they're reading something that's produced by an ex top 3000 seller on Amazon. They, you know, they trust me, you know, I'm definitely a, a, a face in the industry where people recognize. And so I don't see a whole lot changing at that level. I think the only thing really that's going to change, obviously my rates go up for sponsored content on the newsletter and things like that.
0: Got it. Okay. So no plans for a, a community or a, a course or something like that just yet.
1: There's definitely plans to do some sort of digital product, Mm -hmm. kind of what Justin Welsh does. That's kind of in the brainstorming phase right now because I get a lot of repetitive questions. So if I can have them just do a digital product, that's going to make a lot of sense. I kind of, I like the format of in terms of monetization, you know, having an offer for consulting because that's kind of, you know, that's, that's a really, really special thing that I do that I really enjoy and then sponsored content, and then a digital product. I think a one, two, three would look really good long-term. But obviously, it's always a big question of, you know, the focus on the newsletter content, which is really important, and then also producing a digital product that's actually good. Because the digital product side, that takes a lot of time. I'd probably be looking at a couple hundred hours just for that project, and then balancing that with two kids, you know, working with my clients. So I have to be really careful with, with time management.
0: For sure, yeah. One of the interesting revenue streams I've seen for newsletters like yours, where you you come in and it's a, sort of a high ticket consulting or, or, or coaching item that's sort of the primary mm-hmm. revenue stream outside of sponsorships and stuff. One of the really interesting ones I've seen is this idea of asynchronous coaching or asynchronous consulting. you come across that before. If you look at, for example, um, I think Justin Moore, who was on the podcast recently, he's someone who does this really well where you use a tool like, I think ClarityFlow is the, the the most popular one. And essentially people have a monthly subscription to you and they get coaching in the form of sort of short, almost like Loom style videos that they send in. And then you reply asynchronously when you have time and they can make a certain number of requests a month. So it's a-
1: uh, Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. It's almost like having someone on retainer where you you know you don't quite know, you know I, I don't necessarily want to do just one hour a month, but I also don't want to do an hour or two hours a, a week, so just being able to send in a couple of requests for quick feedback and stuff can be can be super useful. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, I've de- definitely not thought about that, but now I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've even been thinking about it just for, for our own newsletter because it it scales super well, and it uh, there are so many people where I think you know you wouldn't profit from you know an hour long ninety minute call with us, you know, given the stage of where your newsletter's at right now, like it wouldn't be a, a good investment of, of money but you know a quick 10 minute request can you just take a look at this or can you tell me what you think about this referral oh, program sure. or something yeah. like that that
1: we'll call it we'll call it a TikTok feedback
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure very cool so that's on, on the monetization side of things this was your your first newsletter right yeah sort of first proper newsletter business yeah yeah this is
1: my first and i you know to give you some background i have researched and read probably 50 plus newsletters over many years thinking about how to start one, but it has to be niche. It has to be niched down. So I didn't want to do like a broad, like, Oh, like marketing. Like I wanted something that was very specific where I had a never ending supply of topics to write about that produced an action for people to take. And I've definitely cracked it when it comes to Amazon or Amazon insiders.
0: Yeah. And that's something that's interesting that I want to talk a little bit about is you obviously have a, a personal brand, you as a person being a, a very successful Amazon seller in the past. And that obviously lends a lot of credibility to this and it is very important, I imagine. You know, people want your feedback and your hacks and your tips rather than just some tips from from some guy or some brand. At the same time, the newsletter is it is branded, right? It's not John Elder's newsletter, it's Amazon seller and so on. Uh, yeah, Amazon, Amazon yep. Insiders. Amazon yep. Insiders, sorry, yeah. Why did you choose to have a standalone brand rather than just naming it your own newsletter?
1: So everything that I've done with Amazon in the past, it was all optimized for the potential to exit someday. In case that opportunity arises, I want to be formatted properly where I can splice off a portion of what I do. So if someone comes along and says, hey, you know, we, we want to purchase a newsletter... I need it to be separate enough where that's possible. So on Amazon, it's really similar. You know, you have everything run through an LLC and you have five brands. That's how many brands I had. I I needed to be able to separate those brands from the LLC entity, but also keep my entity. And so that's a really important thing. And I, and I teach this a lot with sellers, like making sure you are exit optimized. And I'm not, I'm not necessarily building it up to exit. But, you know, that's something that it doesn't matter what you're doing in business, you need to have some sort of separation and brand it in a way where if, if there's, you know, maybe it's a private equity firm, or maybe it's some other Amazon service provider is like, hey, we want to buy it from you, it needs it needs to be able to, to peel off and be and be sold properly. So I did that by design, just because my brain's wired to do that already with with Amazon.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. It's a great it's a great decision, I think. It's super smart. I see so many people who start off as creators with their newsletter and it's it's branded under their own name directly. And that seems to give a real boost in the early days, especially if you have an existing audience elsewhere. But you very, very quickly reach right. a cap of I can't expand this in a way that makes sense because people are expecting only to hear from me. So it has to be me writing and creating the content and I can't sell it very easily because again, it's it's branded under my name. So that would require a name change as well and, and all of this kind of stuff. So I I, I love that that move. That's very smart. When we're thinking back to the the newsletter so far and you said it's been what, 18 months? Is that right?
1: Uh, it's been roughly 18 months. Yeah, I'd have to look up the exact date, but that's it's been roughly about
0: long, a yeah. year and a half, a year to two years of, of doing it. What do you think are some of the, I don't want to say the lessons learned, but like the things that have shocked you that that you didn't expect sort of going in and that could be around growth, monetization, the writing process and really anything. Just something that sort of stood out to you as like, well, this is not what I was expecting.
1: You know, I think in the beginning, probably the first 500, it was, it was still shocking to see people actually sign up. You know, I think a hesitation with anyone, you know, especially if you're brand new to something like a newsletter of like, oh, people are actually interested in what I'm saying. Like that's, that's a pretty surreal feeling. That feeling is similar on Amazon. It's like, oh my gosh, I have thousands of customers every single day. Holy cow. Like that's, that's pretty amazing. Like people really love my product. So that's, you know, that was always surprising in the beginning of like, you know, People actually are interested in it. And then just people just organically sharing. That's been surprising too, because, you know, there's really, you know, that was before I had my referral program set up, you know, seeing people share willingly and not getting anything in, in return. So I call those, you know, good friends. <laughs> um, the feedback as well, you know, when I, I think when I started the newsletter, I wasn't expecting a lot of responses to email, but every single issue that I do every week, I have time allotted to respond to those people. So there might be a question that expands on a newsletter that I sent out. It might be a question about the Amazon related news. So that's been interesting. People using the email as a a source of conversation has been pretty interesting.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I I love that. I think it's it's so underrated to use that as a metric, especially now with with opens and clicks being a little bit of a challenging metric to use. Can be some inflation on those with Apple and everything seeing the number of replies coming in and also the amount of sharing that's happening. Those really, for me, alongside potentially, you know, purchases, if you have something that you're selling directly, those are really the the metrics that tell you how well your your newsletter is doing.
1: Yeah, it's encouraging.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, that's what we say to people when they come to us and want to do referrals. You know, they come and they say, well, how quickly can we grow with a referral program? And we have to sort of sit them down and say, well, how many people are sharing at the moment? Because the best rewards in the world for your referral program, they're only going to to multiply what's already happening, right? If your newsletter yeah, currently isn't good enough one. for anyone to want to share it, adding rewards onto that is only, you know, it, it's not going to change much really. Whereas if people are already sharing, right. adding rewards onto that is just going to pour fuel on the fire.
1: Yeah, that's so true. That's a really good point.
0: Well, one thing that I find interesting, and I want to ask you a quick question about is how you bridge the gap between the newsletter and sort of the the consulting or the coaching services that you're offering. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a podcast of your own?
1: Uh, no. So I, I go on a lot of podcasts. I don't have my own podcast, but I do a soft pitch at, at the end of every single email. I offer those two ways that can help people out. One's for sponsors and then the other ones for one-on-one consulting. And so I, I basically just keep it simple i'm like if you if you're interested in this if you're interested in taking your amazon business to the next level here's my count cal- cal- link and i let them kind of take action there
0: that's awesome have you have you done any any videos or anything that you share with people
1: actually no so the only videos i've done is really podcast interviews mm-hmm. i haven't done any short form content i had zero youtube exposure so yeah it's been it's been pretty much it's really similar to what Justin has done. I I, I, don't, I always go back to him because I kind of model a lot what I do after him, but it's very text heavy. So I've focused a lot on on, on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn.
0: It's interesting. I, I'd i be interested to see if you did experiment with the occasional podcast episode or YouTube thing, what that would do for the conversions. Because one of the things we've noticed is if you're selling high ticket items, where you're going to be spending FaceTime with someone on your newsletter, essentially, where they're going to be paying to, to speak to you. One of the things that seems to really bridge the gap in terms of conversions is them getting the opportunity to see your face and to hear your voice and to feel like they have a relationship with you in advance. So it, I'd be very interested to see what that what that did in terms of making people more, yeah. so sort of give them a closer relationship with you and feel more comfortable and and yeah, potentially yeah. purchase. That would be...
1: Yeah, it's definitely something to look at long-term. Yeah, it, it's I've been so focused on... Content production and threads on Twitter that I just I just honestly had just have not given the time to video production It's also kind of a scary element, you know, putting yourself out there. That'd be It would definitely be outside of my comfort zone, but definitely something to look at.
0: Yeah, what's something that you? Are excited to try out in the near future?
1: Oh man Probably the videos, you know, I, I've, I actually get pitched a lot of, they're like short form agency, you know, type, type services. I think probably the realistic next step is to do short little clips, like maybe do film like an hour long content session and then have that marketing agency do little clips so that I can share, share on social media. That's probably the next step that I'll probably experiment with. I don't see myself doing like hour long YouTube videos, things like that, just because of the the time that it takes.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. So I have two more questions. And the first one of them is we've talked a little bit about things that surprised you as you were growing Mm -hmm. the newsletter. And a lot of what we've talked about seems to have gone really well, which is kind of makes sense. After all, you're kind of sitting here with with me rather than at home with 10 subscribers and, you know, we we don't tend to to invite people on when nothing's gone well. What's something that didn't go well for you? Something that you tried and just absolutely Yeah,
1: You know, I wish I could go back in time and, and capture money, but I've done a couple like smaller little advertisements in newsletters. And they just haven't panned out. You know, if you look at, you know, the return on investment, it's pretty poor. So, you know, I find that genuine newsletter swaps work better, you know, coming from a very personal, you know, it's an obvious exchange because if you're signed up on both news- newsletters, you're going to see that. But it's a re- it comes across as more authentic because you actually are recommending each other and there's no exchange of, of money. I think part of the problem with that too is that, Amazon Insiders is so specific that it's really hard to find like really good newsletters that would work for, you know, doing a, an ad with them. So that definitely historically did not
0: work well. And I guess one other thing that I should have touched on and I forgot to, but I want to pick it up back now while we still have time is the sponsorship side of things, because you said I think that that's one of the main revenue streams you have for the newsletter that you plan on growing in the future. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. that it's one of the main sort of soft pitches that you have in the newsletter itself, right? Is that where the bulk of the, the sponsorships are coming from or are you doing any outreach sort of manually or otherwise to get?
1: Um, I do a little bit. I'd say it's very minimal. I have a lot of great relationships already, you know, establishing exclusive relationships with various software companies, but... A lot of that is just maybe posting once in a while on Twitter saying like, Hey, I just landed another sponsor. If you're a software provider for Amazon sellers, feel free to reach out. You know, I, I don't do that very often, but most of the time it's the the providers on the newsletter that collect the link for my sponsorship that takes them to a media kit. And then if they're interested in the media kit, then they fill out a form and then I get that. And then, and then we take it from there.
0: Very cool. I guess that's one of the the advantages and the disadvantages of having such a super niche focused newsletter is there aren't many sponsors out there that could potentially be, be an interesting fit, but the ones who are a good fit, it's probably super easy to discover them and, you know, to convince them.
1: So the, the Amazon space is really interesting. There are probably easily 500 potential sponsors, actually, and they're hungry. You know, these are capital providers for lending You know analytics tracking software there's a lot out there in the words getting out obviously that my audience is amazing for that and that's actually one of the new one of the things upcoming is reaching out to each of those companies over time so that that's obviously a lot of effort i've had a lot of companies just reach out to me right away but it would shock people you know how many potential sponsors you know that exist for the space So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what the reception is when I, when I reach out to them.
0: Awesome. Well, my last question of today is we've been here for about 40 ish minutes or so, and I've asked you lots of questions about the newsletter. Is there any question that I didn't ask that you think I should have done?
1: No, I I don't think so. I think we covered everything. You know, I'll just, I'll just add my own little, like little tidbit at the end. I think for anyone listening, if you have a story to tell that is going to be extremely attractive to people over time. So many times newsletters are very, well, they're just boring. If you have a unique experience, like maybe you're the King of storage units, or you can shed light on the construction industry, for example, wherever there's an opportunity like that, you should go into that because people are going to be really interested in that, in that angle that you have. So that that was an inspiration for me going into this was one, I actually love writing. So I love sharing my thoughts on things and helping people. So that was kind of natural. And then obviously I have a very unique story. And so any anyone listening, I'd encourage them to go down that road and just start.
0: Awesome. Well, that's, I think, a great, proactive place to, to leave it. John, where can people find you and the newsletter and follow along?
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, I have a main website that has the link at the very top on the menu. Uh, it's blacklabeladvisor.com. That's my consulting website. And then you can find my links on LinkedIn and Twitter. On on Twitter, my handle is black label ADVSR. It's shortened a little bit, obviously, and I should call it X because Twitter's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find it on my profile. I, I can send uh, Louis a, a link to share as well. It'll be in uh,
0: the show notes. But, yeah, uh, we'll we'll record it with both the Twitter and the X versions because we we don't know which one will still be yeah. surviving if any when this comes out. And, and yeah, exactly,
1: so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It was great to be on the show, and you know, anyone who's who's listening, if you're interested in Amazon or you're already on Amazon it's really amazon site is really for you so the whole the whole purpose of of why i write is to help you and your business and you know i'm always here i respond to every single email literally (laughs) so it was great connecting with you today louis and thanks for
0: having me on the show awesome thanks john best of luck with the newsletter growth and we will hopefully have you back on again when you hit that that 100k milestone
1: oh definitely definitely looking forward to
0: it awesome Thanks for listening to this episode of the Send and Grow podcast. If you liked what you heard, here are three quick ways that you can show your support. Number one, leave us a five-star rating or review in the podcast app of your choice. Number two, email or DM me with some feedback with your questions suggestions for future episodes. And finally, number three, share your favorite quote from the episode on social media and tag both me and our guest. All of the links for that are available in the show notes and whatever option you choose, I am really grateful for your support. Thanks and see you next week.